Welcome to the Fantasy Affair. I'm in my tuxedo t-shirt ready to have a party, but I'm here for business too, right? It's like straight up Ricky Bobby style. I'm so stoked. We got football tomorrow, baby. Football tomorrow. Football in it to win it. We are back in the saddle. Football galore. All gas, no breaks. Fantasy football affair. Thursday night preview, right? Oh, Thursday yeah. night starts it. We're getting it all, baby. And we have a guest tonight, a Cowboys fan. Some call him perfect. This man, DLF, Roto Baller, all the gaga, all the good, good. Bruce is the man, and he is here tonight. Let's go, the metric scout himself. Bruce, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk some football. I'm excited to get into the season. You know, once we start hitting the ground running tomorrow, it's going to be a sprint. These days are going to go by fast. The next thing you know, it's going to be January, and we're going to wish we were back in these seats talking football, getting ready <laughs> for the season to start. That's how quick things go when the season starts. But this speed blur of football is like the greatest part of the year, I'm telling you guys. Dude, we made it. We freaking made it. We are literally on the doorstep of Thursday night football. And Wednesday night, we're kicking that damn door down. And Bruce, dude, mm-hmm. way we're doing this, start sits to start it off every position. We're going to give one or two, kind of tell the fantasy football audience, maybe da- stranger danger or go with your gut. And then Thursday night, Cowboys, Bucks. Uh, 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 uh. Let's get it. Let's go quarterbacks. Brad, you're my co-host, my man. We have been putting the rankings together all week. Hit me with your start at quarterback. I'm going with my the guy I've been touting that is going to be a top 12 quarterback this year, and that's my man Baker Mayfield. And some of this is looking at the over-under. It's the highest projected over-under of the week right now at 54 and a half. So I'm smashing that over right now. I think these two teams are going to put up huge amounts of points this week. And Baker Mayfield's going to have to try to keep up, right? And I'm excited. It's a guy who was a, t- a number three rated PFF quarterback for from week seven on last year. You know Kansas City's going to be putting up points. So so Cleveland's going to have to do it. They get Odell back, which is, uh, even though people want to argue it, it's going to make him better, right? When he's on the field, teams have to plan for that. So that's going to help him out. And look, this is kind of a revenge game too, right? Kansas City knocked them out of the playoffs on a third and 13 run by friggin' Chad Henney. They're not going to let that shit fly in Kansas City again. (laughs) They're taking this game. Cleveland's winning. I'm a homer. Baker Mayfield, put him in your lineups. We're bringing up Chad Henney week one. Let's go. God, (laughs) the bane of my existence, man. He ruined me last year. Dude. The Browns. Browns have a lot of expectations, a lot of weapons. We They were the bee's knees of last year's offseason. Let's see if they put the pen to paper this year. Bruce, hit me with it, baby. Who is your start this week? This guy is operating off a small sample. When you gauge the fantasy football community, when we're talking about this quarterback, people either love him, 
or they hate him. A lot of people are skeptical of him. But if it's going to be coming together for him, it's going to come off the rip. And it's going to come against this matchup in Atlanta. I'm talking about Jalen Hurts. And he's either going to come out this week with the fire or it's not. And I'm putting him in my lineup because I'm shooting for the upside. You're looking at an over-under at 48. So they're going to be projected. This game's going to be projected to have points scored. And he's going to be a part of that fuel for that fire. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen this week. And that that's just – if you're going to – Draft Jalen Hurts, you better be putting him in your lineup for these plus matchups. He's got a plus matchup this week on the road in Atlanta in the dome. So I feel very good about him. I feel like he's going to get you those rushing numbers. I feel like they're going to be throwing the ball a little bit more. I feel like they're going to be moving it. Like the black eyed peas and running, 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 running. <laughs> Dude, this is, I think I have him at QB3 this week. That's how mm-hmm. hype I'm on this guy. Yeah. I kind of went with a little dynasty feel to it. I went Trevor Lawrence against a bottom five defense, a guy with quick feet, crazy cannon, kind of been overlooked this offseason. I think this guy is literally the second coming of Christ. And I think week one, <laughs> guns a-blazing. I'm going Trevor Lawrence in all my leagues, super flex or single QB, fire him up. Brad, I like Lawrence. You do? Hey. Yeah, I like Lawrence. I like him because he's going to get you that rushing floor. And then he's playing Houston this week. You know they're trying to tank. So that's going to be giving him a good look for his first outing. Houston, Detroit. Who's worse? Houston, Detroit. That's on everybody's mind, man. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. only thing that worries me just a little bit about Trevor Lawrence is Houston is really bad. So are they going to lean on James Robinson a lot in that run game and kind of protect Trevor Lawrence in his first start? because you know you can get a win without him chucking the rock a ton, that's, there's a chance there. But, yeah, if if they don't and the game plan is to let Trevor throw the rock, you got to fire him up for sure. Who else we got, Brad? I saw somebody else on that lineup. Let's see what you got. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the sit here. And it, it may if you're trying to start this guy, it better be in a super flex, and it better be because he's your second quarterback and Carson Wentz may not play or whatever, which we got word that it looks like he is a go for week one. But I'm going to go sit with Daniel Jones. And the pro- the reason I'm bringing this up is if you look at the statistics last year, Denver's pass defense was pretty bad, right? But they made some additions. They brought in Kyle Fuller from the Chicago Bears. They brought in Patrick Sertain out of the draft. That defense is going to be a lot stouter. Von Miller is back. So now I start to worry a little bit. You got a new weapon in Kenny Galladay who you don't even know if he's a go week one. You cannot trust a guy who threw 11 touchdowns last year in Daniel Jones. So, bad. so he's an absolute sit this week. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think there's a lot of people that are high on Daniel Jones. What are your thoughts while we're on this topic? Because this is a guy that everybody shit on this offseason and shit on the Giants in general. Are you on this Daniel Jones maybe having something we're not giving him credit for? There, It's kind of like a love-hate relationship. I feel like he gives you a little bit of a rushing floor to keep him stable, but he's got so many weapons here that are like nicked up. We got – Barkley, I I feel good about Barkley. I feel like he's fine. Kenny Galladay's that the hamstring. He he was partially in practice today, but the hamstring. Kenny Galladay's new in the offense. They got Kadarius right. Tony. The the offensive weapons around them. A lot of questions with that. 
Um, the thing about him last year is a lot of his wide receivers were playing hurt as well. You're talking about Slayton was playing dinged up. Um, he does like to throw the ball downfield a bit. Um, overall, though, I feel like he needs to maintain efficiency for him to keep his job for the long term. But fancy for the short run, he can probably have some some good games here and there. But the consistency is where I'm worried about. Absolutely. So do you have another a sit for us here, Bruce? Is it who's your go-to here? Um, I feel like I'm sitting Ben Roethlisberger this week. Um, it's just a tough matchup against Buffalo. And even though they, they could start throwing rockets all over the field, he's got some good receiving options, of course, but he doesn't have that rushing floor to give you that, to keep you stable. And when we're talking about back-end QB1 numbers, the difference between a back-end QB1 and, and like a high-end mid-range QB2 isn't much. So I'd rather take somebody maybe with a little bit more upside then flirt around with Roethlisberger if, if I had to. Absolutely. I'm going to go with a guy who's been the sleeper, the breakout of the offseason. I'm just pumping the brakes week one. That's Tua Taglio Viola versus the freaking Patriots, man. Half their team was on COVID. They still only gave up like nine pass touchdowns last year. This is a team I am avoiding week one, week two, week five. I'm not playing a quarterback against New England. I think this team's going to be juiced up. Obviously, with divisional games, it gets a little tricky. I just want to see more of it, and I'm not buying it week one. Stephon Gilmore being out does make that matchup just a little bit juicier, right? Because he's a big reason why some of those pass, pass that pass defense was so good last right. year. I'm trying so. to get on the Miami bandwagon. It's just, it's been all off season, the double coordinators, different little things, trying to do something that I Not feel is kind of to a team captain. Mm-hmm. Just, there's so many steps in the stones that I'm kind of trying to dodge. And I love two of the player. I'm just, I'm concerned still. I don't see that top 12, you know, finish for this year. Um, you guys got any more start sits, maybe a sneaky guy to start before we get out of here and start talking some RBs. You I guys, had Lawrence at, originally Lawrence? on my list as another star, yeah. but we already discussed him. So we were on lockstep and there. And we're sitting Derek Carr against Baltimore, right? Even though with the tw- top 12 finish last year, this is a guy you're probably avoiding week one, would you say? Yeah. Maybe. If I have him <laughs> and I'm thinking about him, if, think of it this way. Um, obviously, if I have him, on my team, I may have a, a better quarterback that I'm starting anyways, like a top 10 guy that that's locked or I faded and went super late round quarterback and I have to start him. Right. So, All right. and we're, are we expecting a big game from Darnold? Do we think this revenge game, he just comes out firing on all cylinders. Are we going to be disappointed? Cause this is like the make or break game for Darnold. If I'm correct. I can't, I can't get behind him. I just can't. He's going to have to prove me wrong. There's no way I'm believing in him at all. He's given me no reason to. So I'm, I'm, I am emergency braked until he gives me a reason to, to take it off. Don't drive with the e-brake on. Bruce, are you on, <laughs> are you on Darnold's team or what? what's going on? I'm kind of like tepid with him. I don't hate him. I don't love him. I feel like Ve- Vegas is what, giving – Carolina four and a half points in this game, so that's that's, that's all right. Um, but I feel like Darnold can toss you like two fifty, maybe two touchdowns, 
in this yeah. game, maybe get you 302 at the best. I, I, I see maybe like 250, 275, and two touchdowns in this game. He may maybe a pick, but um, he's got some good weapons there. And really, if any of those wide receivers get some extra yak on some of those plays, that, that'll, that'll really boost his production. And we know we're not going to get any rushing floor out of him. And we, we're just going to have to hope he connects well with those receivers, builds a good rapport with more Rob, Rob – um, was it? Some um, familiarity. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Throbby Anderson. Robbie Marshall. Robinson. Marshall. Robinson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we've got the weapons there. It's just if, if we can take advantage of that. And then the volume's got to be there as well. All right, let's get some a couple comments here. We like Lawrence over Mac Jones. I'm not sure Mac's going to have that – ceiling you're looking for any thoughts on mac jones week one moving forward as a quarterback do you see him as a qb2 kind of a streamer guy or is there some upside that i'm missing out on yeah i'm 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 waiting for mac jones same thing right he's a rookie quarterback coming into a situation where he doesn't have a lot of the receiving core he's gonna have to depend on that running game and damian harris and Ramondre stevenson james white I just don't see a ton of upside with New England right now. I think Bill Belichick is going to try to protect him as well a little bit, not ask him to do too much, maybe some dump-offs to James White and utilize those two tight ends as much as possible. But I don't see a huge huge amount of upside, even to where I would be interested in streaming him this week. Bruce, is the Mac attack back? I think he's going to – flash a little bit but i think they're gonna dial the game pa- game plan to where they're gonna be running the offense rather slow and that's gonna limit his fuel for fantasy production i think he's gonna look better than expected compared to what people are rating him as a rookie but from an overall fantasy perspective i i think the volume's just not gonna be there to really fuel high end qb2 ish range and we may get some numbers out of him uh throughout the season we should expect it to dial up more but i think this week i think it's probably going to be a little slower temper expectations out the gate but like bruce said give me fuel give me fire all the desire guys we're talking quarterbacks we're talking fantasy football yum yums let's talk some betting let's talk thrive fantasy let's prop up have a beer Take your shoes off, stay a while. Prop fantasy for the football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. All that yum yum, all that good good. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on the top tier athletes have the biggest impact on the game. That's right. That's the big get dogs. That's the Kamara. That's the Dak Prescott. Y'all, Cowboys. All sorts of good stuff. Choose 10 of the 20 players available. Build that lineup. Win that money. Hit the most props and rack up the most points. Get that prize pool. So many different things, man. Thrive is on point and in the zone. Over 140,000 guaranteed in prizes for week one. You're telling me I'm getting all, I'm getting making money right out the gate? Yes, sir. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Thrive's featured 100K guaranteed contest is $20 to enter and takes place week one. We are in the zone, guys. We are there. So use our promo code FFAFAIR. That's FFAFAIR. Fantasy football's best kept secret, if you didn't know. Sign up today. You get 100% um, 100 guarantee that you get 
whatever you, you put in 20 bucks, you get $20 matched. Get that match. Get that money, honey. Dude, check it out. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store, Play Store, anywhere and everywhere. www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up. Hey, let's prop up today. Thrive Fantasy. First one down. Let's keep going. Running backs, guys. These are the workhorses. Everybody wants volume. Everybody wants opportunity. Everybody wants catches. Everybody wants everything. Sometimes we can't always have everything we want, but we get what we need. Brad, hit me with your RB start of the week. Yeah, so mine's going to be a guy that people are sleeping on because there's some new toys in town through the draft, and that's going to be Raheem Mostert running back for the San Francisco 49 Everybody's ready to hand the keys over to Trey Lance and Trey Sermon, the Trey brothers, and I just don't see it happening. Raheem Mostert looked absolutely phenomenal in camp and in preseason activities. This dude is going to come out and prove that he deserves to still be the bell cow of that ball right now. And there's no reason he's not going to give them a reason to take carries away and give them to Trey Sermon. I've got him right now at RB 18 for the week, which is way above consensus right now. And I just, you know, uh, that game script against Detroit is going to be one where they're just going to pound the rock because Detroit's just not good. So San Francisco is going to lean on that a little bit, those short throws, maybe take a deep pass here or there, but they're going to lean on the run the majority of that game, and I love Raheem Mostert this week. Raheem, the American dream, running wild, week one. Detroit's terrible defense. This is a smash play, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Bruce, hit me with your start, man, because we see the the hope and dreams of America Mm -hmm. in these starts. So hit us with your hot one. So with this start, I'm going to go down the ranks a little bit. I want to give the listeners somebody that they're probably having questions about thinking whether they should put them in their lineup about. But I don't really like this guy for the season. Net didn't like him coming out of college. But if he's going to hit, it's probably going to be this week. If he's going to have some production, it's going to be this week. And it we're looking at a game where it could be a high volume game. Vegas is telling us that it's the Raiders Baltimore game. I'm looking at Josh Jacobs. He got 51 over under. A lot of people are sleeping on him, especially probably for this week. I don't. Ex- I'm guessing he's probably going to get some chances to get some red zone looks. Um, what scares me, which is scaring everybody else, is he's not getting the looks in the passing game, but considering Vegas is expecting this to be a high-scoring game and the fact that this game script could blow open, even if it goes under the the spread or whatever, it's still going to be a high score because of that. And um, that, that just gives you an indicator that Oakland's going to have some red zone looks, which could go to Jacobs. And uh, between him and Drake, who do you think they're going to give the red zone looks to? It's probably right. going to be Jacobs. So if he falls in the end zone once, maybe accidentally twice, then that could get you some production. And many people are probably wondering whether to put him in the, in the flex or, his wide, or a wide receiver. But I think he's a start for this week. Smash it. Start. Mm-hmm. All right. Start guy love. I love the Gus bus, man. There ain't mm-hmm. nobody else there. 
run this guy till you can't run no more. Over five yards per carry in his career. To me, this is a smash spot. Monday night when I'm in a battle and I got the Gus bus, I just hopped on the bus and I'm going for the ride for the distance. So let's talk a little sits. Let's talk some guys that were kind of stranger danger on. Brad, hit me with a sit at running back. Yeah, it's hard because I usually like this guy as one of those late round running backs that you want to try to plug into your lineup on a fairly regular basis. But I'm going to I'm going to recommend sitting Chris Carson this week. So this is a guy you got Rashad Penny healthy. They talk a lot about DJ Dallas and his receiving work as a wide receiver in in college and high school. Indy's rush defense is solid. Now, they did lose some pieces, but they bring some guys in. They add quitty pay through the draft. So I expect that the kind of itself out and he typically doesn't see that workload that really gives you consistent fantasy production right he's only seen greater than 15 carries like three times last year and not a single one of those were over 20 carries so then you look at okay well how is he against top tier defenses right because i would i would say indy is more of a top tier defense when he was against a top 10 rushing defense per pff right ratings for defenses he only averaged 63 yards a game and only had combined two touchdowns in five in those five games. So I'm I'm fading him right now. I think he's going to struggle a little bit. And I see Russell Wilson taking this game over, which is ultimately, I believe, going to end in a win for Seattle. But it's going to be on the back of Russell Wilson and not Chris Carson. Wow. I think to me, I see that volume and that opportunity with Carson. And I see like, I just, there's all these warning signs on Indianapolis. That stout defense does worry me. So I definitely see where you're coming from with that sit. Let's hear Bruce. What what you got for us? I'm questioning Daryl Henderson for this week against the bears. I'm not really in love with it. Um, When I look through all the running backs to the rankings, and one guy that makes my stomach quiver the most is Henderson. There's just a lot of ambiguity questions now. We got a new quarterback there. Um, Akers was set to be the guy. Now we have Henderson there. We don't know what's their plan with the touch distribution out of the backfield. The Bears could really make it so the Rams want to fall into a pass funnel anyways. And... We, we don't even know the workload's going to be. I'm, I'm just not into Henderson right now, especially for week one. A lot of questions with two banged-up guys and Henderson and Michelle. It's like yeah. you're just banking on production that might never be there. It's crazy mm-hmm. how the rose kind of fell off the bush with this one. Um, mine's swift. I, I've kind of been a hater of this guy all offseason. Nothing against him, but just the coach speak. You don't hear a lot of positives out of the coach's mouth. It's all Jamal Williams. Oh, Jamal, he's so good. But against a stout 49ers D coming off of a lingering groin injury, just a little hesitant week one. Show it to me. I could be wrong, but I'm just kind of a little nervous about this Lions team till I see it. Mm-hmm. Well, a little pessimistic, I guess, as a Detroit fan. <laughs> it's um, fair. Yeah, I yeah. think it's I mean, right yeah. now, right, with everything that's coming out. So, there, well, It's like Saquon, another guy. I love the talent, and I fucking – excuse my language. Sorry about that. I, it's all good. It's the situation. It's the – you haven't practiced. You haven't played. And now week one, I'm sp- – it's hard to sit a guy. But if he's going to get 40% of the snaps and he's barely can practice, it just worries me. Guys, 
I think this yeah. is a good. Go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand because first off, we've heard a lot of weird stuff from this coaching snap staff from like chewing up kneecaps and stuff like that. So, like, we look at Swift, we know what he is. We we've seen him at Georgia and all that. Who who, who can tell you really if this coach staff really knows how to use him correctly, knows how to give him the right volume, put him in the right situations, put him in a position to succeed long-term. I love Swift as a player, but situations, I mean, we've seen all kinds of players that probably would have been great players, but in the wrong situation, used wrong, all that kind of stuff. I like Swift long-term. Well, I kind of do want to see how things look with this team week one and stuff, especially if I got other options out of trust. Well, let's let's kind of pivot on that because real, 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 we are dogging him a little much, right? Anthony Lynn mm-hmm. coming there is good for him, right? Anthony mm-hmm. Lynn knows how to use utilize a pass catching running back. We saw him do it with Melvin Gordon. We saw him do it with Austin Eckler, and those guys had great seasons. So I'm not so much worried about the utilization of DeAndre Swift. I'm more worried about maybe the volume a little bit, right? Because like you said, yeah. there's a lot of talk about Jamal Williams. I'm not worried mm-hmm. about whether or not they know how to use him. It's whether or not they're going to use him enough for us in fantasy to enjoy it as much. Well, let's yeah. let's let's talk Swift matchup, okay? Because he's got the 49ers. Everybody's smash playing that defense week one. Are you starting Kareem Hunt versus Kansas City or Swift against the Niners, Brad? Hunt. Bruce? That's a tough one. I would go – I think Hunt, just because of that Chiefs game, I just want all, I, I want all of that. Gotcha. Here's another interesting one. Mike Davis against a not-so-bad rush defense in Philadelphia. We start Mike Davis week one. We start in Swift. Bruce? Swift. Uh, yeah, I feel Swift. I feel like there's a chance that there's some mop-up time where he gets targets that could boost his production. Gotcha. Well, and that's, that's the questions. People don't mm-hmm. don't know what to do, especially in Dynasty. Everybody sees Swift, mm-hmm. and we love him. We're not letting him go. But then mm-hmm. when it comes to week one, like, God, that's why the start sits are so important. Just because you mm-hmm. have a stud doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a stud every week. We got a couple comments here. I'll hit back, and then we'll move on to some receivers. True Blue Ninja, what's up, Maddie? What's up? Squee, Saquon, these no- – oh, my God. Got away from Gase. Might be a sign. I can dig that. Uh, we got a question here. What about – how do you guys feel about Dalvin Cook this year? Is he a top three, top five? I see him getting drafted RB2 in most redrafts. Do we believe that he's a top three RB this year? Do you see maybe a Henry, a Kamara, guys like that moving into that upper tier above him? Let's go you first, Brad. No, yeah, volume alone is going to draw him to be a minimum top five running back, right? You always have that caveat barring injury, but while he's on the field, his points per game is going to give you top five production that offense runs through him, right? And you even saw Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins have a pretty solid-ass year last year, and that's even with Dalvin Cook being an absolute dominant running back, and I don't see that changing for him at all this year. Bruce, what, do you th- what are your thoughts on Dalvin? Pretty much the same thing he just said. Um, the volume alone, his usage in the passing game, and as long as he's on the field healthy – he has the potential to produce. He has the potential to put up a 30-point week almost any any week. Um, he's just a solid runner. Um, long-term, I mean, who knows? He does have an extensive injury history, so that could hold him back. But, again, if he's on the field, he's he's almost a lock to, put, to give you RB1 numbers. 
everybody yeah, from a from a dynasty perspective now is kind of that time that you're looking to mm -hmm. move these kind of guys right you move this guy yeah. for an antonio gibson plus or you move this guy for a, a jonathan Taylor. you know that's the kind of moves in dynasty you're looking to do with studs like this because they're at that kind of apex right you think you've got mm -hmm. a couple years left of top tier production but you want to get out while the price is high not as the price is declining yeah it's rather i'd rather sell a year too early than a day late yeah day late a dollar short Wide oh, yeah. receivers. We got about 60 of them, guys. I'm pretty sure about 50 of them are starts. Let's go your locked and loaded starts, then we'll hit sits. Brad, hit me with your best shot and fire away. Yeah, look, this is not this is a no-brainer, so I'm going to keep this one short and move to a second one. So, C.D. Lamb, if you're questioning who the alpha is this week, C.D. Lamb is the man, right? He's playing out of the slot. He was uh, the wide receiver 11 in the five games that Dak played. He's a smash play, and I'd, I've got him above Amari Cooper and obviously Michael Gallup in that Dallas offense as well. But my true start of the week is going to be Devontae Parker. These are these guys where you've got them and you're saying, ah, what do I, you know, does this guy fit my flex? Should I make room for him or do I sit him for a cream hunt or whatever, right? These are those types of decisions, and I feel like Devontae Parker is being overlooked. Will Fuller is suspended for week one. Jalen Waddell is a rookie. So Tua is going to come in, and he's going to be targeting somebody like a Devontae Parker. But So you say, oh, my God, but Brad, they're playing the New England Patriots. Stephon but Brad, Gilmore, they're playing the I New England Patriots. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Stephon Gilmore is out. That pays huge dividends to Devontae Parker because that means he gets the second cornerback instead of Stephon Gilmore. And if you, you worry about, well, what was his time? You know, Tua last year, he was in, he was out. What did he do? In his six games with Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker had 59 targets. And the only thing that really changed for him is Lynn Bowden turned into Jalen Waddell. Now, get, don't get me wrong. That's a huge upgrade. I'm not trying to say they're the same player. But there's really not much of a reason that Devontae Parker shouldn't see eight-plus targets in this game and he has huge touchdown upside for you. So I think Devontae Parker is a smash play for the Miami Dolphins this week. Woo! 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 Let's go, Bruce. Hit me <laughs> with it, baby. I'm going to go with Corey Davis, and I wanted to go with a guy that people were fringing on on their lineups. I feel Corey Davis is in lock to get a large portion of the targets, 20 25%-ish. We saw him – get fired on with targets in the preseason when he was on the field. I think Zach Wilson's a little gunslinger out there. He's not afraid to put the ball in the tight places. And the, the fact that Davis is going to be leading the team in targets, at least starting out or probably the whole season, and the fact that he's falling in drafts means it's going to be a decent flex option or a late or like a wide receiver three for a lot of fantasy teams. I think – Davis for week one, he's going to surprise some people when they see how many targets he's actually going to get. I think he's always had the talent. Like, he's always been a gamer. I feel like he's always produced. It just mm -hmm. felt like a limited role in Tennessee. So I'm I'm excited as all get out for Mr. Davis. You know who else I'm excited about week one? It's time to put up or shut up. Mr. LaVisca Chenault. I want to see mm -hmm. the targets, the yum-yums. All the gaga of the offseason, 
this guy's a freak. He's a big-ass athlete. He's quick. He can do it all, in my opinion, and the targets should be there. So if I'm a LaVisca owner, I'm starting him, firing him up week one against Houston to see what I got. So I'm all in on LaVisca. We got some starts. Anybody else maybe under the radar, Brad, that we need to look out for at receiver because it is deep as deep. Yeah, I think the other player to keep in mind, you know, Bruce talked about Ben Roethlisberger earlier in that defense in Buffalo and maybe fading him a little bit. Because of that, I'm smashing Deontay Johnson this week, right? Chase Claypool's the guy going up against Tredavious White, which means those targets are going to get funneled to either Juju and Deontay Johnson. And I'm a huge Deontay Johnson truther. I love the guy's film. The guy looks good. His analytics are good. And you've seen Ben Roethlisberger just hyper-target him over and over and over again. So if you're worried about drops, you're worried about the matchup, I think Deontay Johnson is prime for a huge week as well. All right. Any any second-tier players, Bruce, you can give a shout-out to that might have a great week? Probably Devonta Smith. I could see him getting a fair amount of targets. I mean, Rager, Quez Watkins, Devonta Smith. If I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm going to be looking at Devonta Smith a lot. Um, when we saw him in his limited time in preseason, he seemed like he was getting a lot of looks. It looks like they're going to get him involved in the passing game. Good matchup. As you know, I had Hurts as my QB to start this week. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen this week. And if it's going to happen with Hurts and Devonta Smith, it's probably going to happen as well. So um, I know a lot of people are probably thinking about him or another guy for the flex. So I think Devonta Smith is a good look this week. Good luck. I'm liking all those Bengals and Vikings receivers too. Another shootout potential game. A lot of yum yums there. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it going. Let's talk those sit. <laughs> Brad, dude, you kind of mentioned him earlier. Is this the guy you're going to drop on us right now? A lot of a lot of yeah. heat on this one with the starting lineups. Let's hear it. Yeah, I'm going to get shit on for this, but I'm telling you, I have huge concerns, and this is one of my favorite players, period. This guy's on most of my dynasty teams. He's on a lot of my redraft teams, and that's Allen Robinson. And and hear me out here, right? This dude is a stud. Don't get me wrong. But he's a stud because he can he can get you at the point of attack. He doesn't create a ton of separation if you really look at it. So this guy's going up against Jalen Ramsey. The two games that he's gone up against Jalen Ramsey, he's had eight total catches for a total of 85 yards. He had four for 70 in one game, four for 15 in another game. So you're thinking, yeah, but Brad, that's a small sample size. He did have four for 70 in the first game. Well, let, let's look about how he performed against other top-tier corners like Jair Alexander and James Bradbury. Jair Alexander the cornerback for the Green Bay Packers, held him to two catches for 37 yards. James Bradbury, a standout corner for the New York Giants, held him to three catches for 33 yards. So these corners that are bigger, more physical, and can challenge him at the point of attack are his issue. And I see that happening for him again this week, especially with Andy Dalton, even though Andy Dalton is probably the best quarterback that he's played with to date. I just don't know that I can play Allen Robinson if I have a better alternative. So if I've got any wide receiver that in my rankings is in that top 30, that's where I'm looking to replace Allen Robinson. Do not replace Allen Robinson with Jalen Guyton, you know, or something crazy like that. I'm not saying to sit him for stuff like that, 
But let's say you have Chase Claypool. I may think about Chase Claypool. If I've got Hollywood Brown, I may think about Hollywood Brown. So if I'm in that 30 range, those guys I'm looking at very possibly replacing Allen Robinson in my lineup this week. Interesting. Bruce, hit me with one, my man. He might be out this week, but he did practice. So it was limited. He practiced today. He's got a hamstring injury. But Kenny Galladay, um, I'm 100% out of him. I, even if he plays, I'm not putting him in any of my lineups. Uh, the hamstring injury, this game is projected to be a low-scoring game anyways against Denver. Denver's going to lock – would lock him down anyways. Um I want to see the rapport between him and Jones. There's just a lot of different variables here, the volume, all that. Um, the fact that he's been dealing with his hamstring for a bit has me easy, and there's a chance he may not play. But I'm not having Gale in any of my lineups until I see something out of him. Mine's a little tricky because I'm, I'm hyped for this guy if he ever does get healthy, but I'm also – I'm not sure if we've see, ever going to see it again. It's Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. In a match that should be a shootout, a guy that just doesn't stay on the field, and I could see them blanketing this guy, <laughs> aggravating him, making Baker beat him elsewhere. So Odell's a guy that I may be a little hesitant on week one. Just a little caution. I'd love to see it, and he is a gamer. I just want to see it before I can believe it. Any uh, thoughts there, Brad? Am I am I a little too hesitant on Odell being a Browns no, fan? It pains, it, it pains me, but I can't argue with the logic, right? You haven't seen the guy consistently produce for a couple years now, right? He had that one huge blow-up game last year that made him made his points per game look better than what it actually was last year, but. Everything you hear at a camp is good. Everything you hear Baker Mayfield talk about is good. You don't hear him making any kind of commotion in camp or anything like that. He's participating when he can. He's not participating at times. So, I, you know, I can't argue with your sit right now. I'm putting yeah. him in my lineup because of the upside. I'm playing Absolutely. that upside that you get out of him. Uh, but it, it also makes sense that he could bust your lineup this week. Some guys you just want to wait on a week, see how it simmers, slow cook, put it in the cooker, see how it turns out. Let's talk tight ends because we all know there's probably three of them that are good, and then it's a shit show. Tight end, Brad, (laughs) hit us us with one that matters or that at least you can have some cause for optimization, whatever you want to call it. I don't – I'm stumbling. Ah. Yeah, for me, I hear a lot of guys fading Robert Tanyan, and I don't I don't think that's the right move right now, right? You got a guy who had very low receptions, but huge touchdown numbers, right? He had 11 touchdowns last year. There's really no reason for that to change. They didn't address that situation. They brought in Randall Cobb, but he's an older guy. Yeah, there's some familiar, familiarity with Aaron Rodgers, but that's not going to take red zone touchdowns away from Robert Tanyan. And if, if you've been playing long enough, you know at the tight end position, if you don't have one of those top guys, all you're really looking for is a touchdown. You get a touchdown, it's a serviceable week from some of these tight ends, and that the best option at that position to give you a red zone touchdown is going to be Robert Tanyan pretty much every day of week at this point. And you hear uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers talk about, hey, look, Robert Tanyan and I have been talking in the offseason through all of this 
crazy shit that's been going on with Aaron Rodgers, the two of them have been in constant contact throughout the offseason. So I think that's going to continue to build that rapport. And you may see an uptick in receptions for Robert Tanyan to go along with those potential double-digit touchdowns. So I think Robert Tanyan is a smash play, especially against New Orleans this week, who allowed the third most red zone receptions, or I'm sorry, third most uh, red zone targets last year as a defense. Big Bobby from Bob Tunyon to Ricky Bobby starting the show. It's all Bobby. Bobby's world today. Let's keep it going. Bruce, hit me with those tight end good good. I like me a little Austin Hooper this week. And if you're worried about Odell Beckham getting blanketed, then you're going to have to like Austin Hooper because they're going to have to be throwing the ball to keep up with the Chiefs. Chiefs primarily have been known as a funnel towards the tight ends anyways, like for, for, for almost existence, I've been playing fantasy. So it seems like a good matchup. I feel like where he will get his pay for you in fantasy, where he will give you the results is probably around the red zone. He'll probably get a couple red zone looks. And if he converts one, then he'll definitely be a tight end one for the week. And I think volume for him, this is probably be the, one of the better games for him all season. And if you got him, you definitely got to start him. And th- this is just a good matchup. Woo! I'm digging it. I like these tight end questions because I feel like this is probably the most important one. Hooper to Big Bob. I'm going Tyler Higby. Third option for the Rams. I feel like the targets will be there. This Bears team was not good against tight ends last year, and that shit show at running back just makes it that much more creamy. I'm going Tyler Higby week one, Monday night. I love these Monday night starts where I get to sit on the edge of my seat and I get to deliver the goods. So tight ends, we've got Higby, we've got Hooper. Who are our sits? Let's talk sits. Brad, hit me with the sit for week one at tight end. Oh, this is so painful because, uh, you know, I know people are going to see the the light at the end of the tunnel and all the hype that everybody's been talking about. But I'm, I'm going to say Kyle Pitts. I don't – I, I know well, you're going to see a little bit of volume. Don't get me wrong. But Philadelphia's pass defense is not bad. Um, Calvin Ridley is the alpha in that offense. Mike Davis is going to give them a little bit of passing to the running back that they didn't really have last year. So, yeah, he's going to see some targets, but Russell Gage is really freaking good. Also, he's a rookie, and this is if you've listened to me at all, my pet peeve is I want to see it on the field before I trust it. And I haven't seen anything from Kyle Pitts on the field yet outside of one run in the preseason that the one catch that he had, people were like Googling over, which blows my mind because it, it wasn't even really that impressive to me. So I'm, I'm maybe not sitting him because if you have him, most likely you don't have a better option. I'm definitely tempering my expectations for Kyle Pitts in week one. I can dig it. It's, it's spicy. It's different. Most Kyle Pitts owners are probably starting them, but this is a good call to action to kind of rethink your strategy. Bruce, who is your tight end set of the week, my man? I'm going to go with John U. Smith. I'm going to go by oh. all the Patriots tight ends. I feel like this is going to be a slow volume game. I feel like you're, you're hoping for touchdowns. You're hoping for touchdowns in this game. I feel like they're going to – I think Max good. I think he's going to be able to spread the ball around. It's just – 
I think this is going to be like not enough volume to keep multiple players fancy relevant. They may have one skill guy hit, and usually when you have one skill guy hit on your team, it's usually not the tight end. I can dig it. I'm going to stay with the same game because I think Mr. I hate to say it. I'm thinking Mike Gusecki might be one that gets blanketed, gets targeted. They're, they want to see Tua throw this deep ball. I think they're going to take away the short to intermediate game and make Tua cook with Crisco. So Gusecki, I'm just not going to start him this week. I feel a little worried about this top defense. He wasn't as good as everybody thinks last year. So Gusecki's a fade for me. I could make a state. I don't like Dallas Godair at all, but he's playing a good matchup. So that's another guy. But I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to go get Secchi here. I just don't see it being his his show. Guys, we did it. We did the start sits. We did the start. <laughs> and we did the sits. We're about to talk Cowboys Bucks. We're about to talk Bucks Cowboys. So many points are about to be scored. So much good, good. So much yum, yum. All the Maddie Daddy's lingo. All the stuff that I love to see. But of course, we wouldn't be here without Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy. Daily sports, esports app, player props, you name it, they got it. You can eliminate the countless hours of research. Maddie Daddy, I, I can barely work a computer, but I can work an app. I can work a phone, and that's what I'm doing. So you do this. You set a lineup, 10 players out of 20 props you build your lineups you earn that money each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both over and under based on how likely it is to hit hit the most props rack up that money and bing bada boom bada bing we're in there like finn thrive has over 140,000 guaranteed in prizes for week one award over four million dollars sassafras i'm calling it i'm getting it i'm using that promo code guys because you can't do it without the FF affair. That's right. F-F-A-F-F-A-I-R. Fantasy football affair. FF affair. Good time to shout out our crew. Fantasy affair podcast. YouTube. Social media. www.fffaffair.com. We're doing it all. Bunch of badass mother truckers kicking ass and taking names. Thank you to our crew. Week one. Woo! Cowboys Bucks. Shoot them off, Bruce. Let me see them guns. Aces, baby. We are ready. Ow! Let's talk Cowboys butts, man. This is a big name. This is one day away. This is what we have been waiting for. 59 point point total between these two, two teams are expected. This is going to be bananas. So let's talk the game. Let's talk the teams. Bucks were 14 and 4 last year. Cowboys were 5 and 11. We couldn't have beat the St. Mary's School for Girls last year. New co- new defense, Dan Quinn, medicine woman on defense. Should see some improvement. Let's go position by position, give our fantasy intel. At the end, we're going to give our winner. Let's go quarterbacks. Tom Brady, badass mother trucker. And then we have Dagman putting up buku points last year, like 32-33 a game, coming back for the injury. Who is your start out of these two quarterbacks? Let's leave it out with the Cowboys fan. Bruce, what do you got here at quarterback? 
Uh, I like them both this week. I think they both have potential, a really good potential finish with QB1 numbers. I feel like Dak's not going to hit his ceiling. I feel like he's more be like a, a low-end QB1, but I, I, he's going to give you solid production. I think Tom Brady is going to have a big night, though. I feel like he's going to have a solid performance. Um, for a non-rushing QB, I feel like he's going to – still get you around top five, top eight QB numbers. They're, they're probably going to roughly finish off around the same area, especially if Dak can get you a rushing touchdown, get you a couple rushes. But I think Tom's going to have a big night. Are there any – I just got off of a show before this with a Philly fan, and he was just bugging the shit out of me about Dak's shoulder. All these injuries, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Just all this shit I don't want to hear a day before a game. I'm not worried. I'm cool as the other side of your pillow when it comes to Dak Prescott. Do you have any worries or concerns week one with Dak Prescott, Bruce? I have zero concerns. I, I'm to the point where I've forgotten about the leg. I've forgotten about the shoulder. And I feel like he's a fresh slate going in. If anything, he, he's ready to rock and roll. He's probably 100%. 100% rock and roll, yeah. Uchi yeah. Goo. Brad, talk to me about these quarterbacks, my man. These are some – this is the cream of the crop. What are your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you have you, these guys, you're playing them. If I had to pick somebody who I think is going to host the best fantasy production, I'm going to have to go with Tom Brady. That Tampa Bay defense is solid. They are legit. And you got to think that Bruce Arians and company is going to say, hey, Levante David, oh, you go at – get after that. Let's see what he's got, right? He's coming off that ankle injury. We're going to rush him. We're going to make him move. We're going to make him beat us right now because we know what Zeke is. We know. So we want to see if he's back and fully healthy. So I think you're going to see a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott tomorrow night. And that worries me a little bit, right? Because I, I, you haven't gotten to really see him do a lot of work against heavy pressure so if I had to pick one, I'm going Tom Brady. But Dak Prescott's still a top 10 fantasy quarterback this week just based on the fact they're going to have to chuck the rock the whole game to keep up with Tampa Bay. I can dig it. I love both these quarterbacks. But I'm thinking Dak has a night tomorrow night. I think we're going to get the Bucks. They're going to put up points early and often. They're going to get after Dak. But I really see the Bucks shutting down our run game and making us pass. So to me, I can see I have Dak a little bit higher than Brady. I can dig it. I really don't. I think we're counting, you know, basically nothing here. These guys are top five, top ten assets. You're starting, like we said, 52, 59 point total. This is going to be guns a blazing. Let's talk RBs though. RBs. We got Rojo. We got Fournette. We got the hype of offseason of Giovanni Bernard being this ultimate third down passing back. And I think Keyshawn Vaughn somewhere in the backfield. I don't know. And then who did they just bring in? Didn't they bring in another guy just to clutter that even more? Who is your running back start? Is it Fournette? Is it Rojo? Is it Bernard? Is it none of these guys, Brad? Who's your spot here at RB for the Bucks? I mean, to me, it's not even a question. To me, it's Ronald Jones through and through. This guy is explosive. He proved what he could do last year. He gave you some solid-ass weeks. And I think this could be one of those weeks. Dallas's defense is not great as Penn State graduate, right? I love me some Micah Parsons, but let's be real. One person can't change that entire defense. So I think Ronald Jones could have a huge game. 
against this defense and really help that team put up a huge number of points. So I'm going with Ronald Jones out of the group right now. Bruce, we saw playoff Lenny. We saw neither one of these guys can pass block. We got Giovanni Bernard. Is it Rojo? Is it Fournette? Is it Gio? Is it none of these guys? Um, I don't want to lean on these guys, but if I had to pick gun to my head on one, it would be Rojo. I feel like he's going to get more volume. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Lenny led the team in yards off of a few explosive plays, but if I had to put a chip on, it'd be Ronald Jones. I feel like, as of right now, Giovanni Bernard's going to be that little chihuahua nipping at their heels, stealing that production, limiting them in the passing game. I feel like Rojo, Fournette, touchdown, dependency is a little bit there, but if I had to put odds on who's going to, live off that it'd be rojo and i feel like rojo like he said the explosiveness if you're getting other running backs cutting into your workload you're going to want that explosiveness to pop off those big gains to get you that production i can dig it i'm i'm off the rojo bandwagon so i would go Fournette, then i would go bernard mm-hmm. and i just don't think i i don't see rojo not being in the doghouse at some point week one mm-hmm. Um, just my preference. Now let's go to the funnest position because is there a wrong answer at receiver? Godwin, Mike Evans, AB, baby, all these yum yums. And then we got, oh, I forgot about Zeke. Here we go. Rewind that real quick. <laughs> all right. We're there. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. What are we doing here, Brad? Is this a top 10 performance by Zeke week one? Or is there a reason for hesitancy right out the gate? No, yeah, I think it's an RB1 week. If you go back and look at every week last week, the average are to get into the top 12 running back, you only needed about six, about 17 fantasy points at the running back position. It's like 16 and a half or something like that when I looked at it. If, if Zeke can get 100 total yards – five catches and a touchdown he's top 12 and i think that's well within the realm of possibility this guy is solid he's still he is legit everybody's down on him and he was still the freaking running back nine last year like get out of here with that yeah he looked lazy yeah he was kind of slow it was because he didn't care he comes back he loses a little bit of weight he looks explosive in camp i think he's a lock for for a running back one week this week against a, a pretty stout uh tampa bay defense but again volume is king and he's going to get the majority of it bruce any thoughts on zeke here is this a, the zeke show or you got any hesitancy as a cowboys trooper <sighs> Well, Tampa Bay's defense seems from a fantasy football perspective to be more of a pass funnel, which you would think that'd be bad for a running back, but considering Zeke gets a lot of usage in the passing game, that's going to boost his floor a bit, and he's going to get targets that's going to allow him to hit RB1 numbers. Um, I wouldn't expect him to get the bulk of his production through the run game unless he falls in the end zone, but I expect him to see it in – an uptick in targets this week, especially when they're trying to throw the ball. And you know that's a tough defense. They're going to lock down the receivers on some plays, and they're going to check it down to Zeke. He's going to get it in space. and going to get, get some 10, 12 yards after catch or whatever on those plays. He's going to rack up a few of those, and next thing you know, he's got RB1 potential. RB1 potential? RB1. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like Zeke is going to have a day. They're going to stop him. But as you guys said, he's going to fall into the end zone. If we're playing mm-hmm. catch up, he's going to have to catch some passes. 
We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I'm just so damn ready for tomorrow. It's not even funny. Tony Pollard. We have any is totally Tony Pollard gonna have a role this year, or is he just your change of pace back? A guy you keep as like the ultimate handcuff, Bruce. Any uh optim any optimism with Tony Pollard? I think we'll get more out of him this year. I think he's a good handcuff for Zeke. I question the volume. I don't it's not guaranteed. However, this dude's explosive and he can earn volume just from what he can do. It's not guaranteed he, ha he has to have some luck come his way. He has to have the plays come together for him to put out that volume, put out that that potential. But if you have him on your team, yeah, that's a good golden ticket to have because if something happens to Zeke, you're going to be good because he's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get those that work in the passing game. However, like also, even with Zeke there – and he starts churning out production, starts showing his worth mid-season, whatever. They, they could just keep him out there more, allow Zeke to be more fresh later in the year, and that could give him some production as well, especially when you're looking through injuries throughout the season, through attrition, getting guys for your flex, your injured running backs. Pollard could hold some value more than what you would think. I can dig it. Let's get to receivers. Let's get moving and shaking. We've got all these elite options. Let's talk, because I feel like we're all pretty much on the same page with Godwin, with Evans, with Lamb, with Cooper. Let's talk A.B. and Gallup. Are these two guys that we're going to see some enough production week one or in most weeks that we can flex these guys? Because everybody's calling A.B., you know, wide receiver two this year. Gallup's underappreciated. He's playing in the slot, I believe, this year. So we have a lot of intrigue. Let's start with A.B. Do you expect a bounce back here, or do you still have him in the wide receiver 34-35 range? Brad? Yeah, I think there's promise there, right? Everybody talked about his production from week 10 on last year. So, And there's, there's nothing you can really argue against that. He was, I mean, he was still third in the team in targets behind Chris Godwin and first, and then Mike Evans after that. But it's still plenty of volume. I think he had like almost, I think it was 58 targets through seven weeks. That is enough, especially with Antonio Brown and his skill set and what he can do with the ball when he gets it in his hands. So, yeah, he's absolutely a play that I want in my lineup because he not only will he give you that floor of six, you know, six to seven targets. He's also going to give you a huge amount of upside every week as well. So I, I definitely think there are, are bright things for Antonio Brown with this offense for sure. Is A.B. back, Bruce? Yeah, A.B.'s back. I I don't know if you'll get a splash wide receiver one week, week in and week out, but the volume's there in the offense. Brady wanted him, and I'm I could see him – being a splash play here and there with some consistency sprinkled in there as well. I think there's, I think he may chew into some of Godwin's workload a little bit. It just depends on what goes on there, but he's going to be on the field. He's going to see targets and that this offense is going to be fire. All right. We got some dynasty questions coming. We'll hit with this one real fast. Cause I feel like there's not a wrong answer. Brad, let's go to you first. Justin Fields or Trey Lance, give me a dynasty answer and a redraft answer. 
if I'm dynasty, Justin Fields, if I'm redrafting, I'm talking week one, I'm going Trey Lance because I think he's going to at least see some work. Whereas I think there's a really good chance. Justin Fields stays on the sideline the entire week. Bruce, who's your, who's your bell of the ball here at quarterback? Justin Fields all day, twice on Sunday, dynasty, Justin Fields, long-term redraft, Trey Lance, short-term redraft, as in weeks one through two, three, or whatever. Little little fantasy advice never ends, guys. One more question. Justin, with the mellow, I can re- support that. I'm a big mellow fan. One QB is having Stafford and Fields or Lance enough. Bruce? Yeah, I think that's good. Um, you got Stafford to start off the season. You you have two good rushing QBs that are rookies. They have a lot of promise. You get to see what happens with them under, uh, under the scenes if they start to produce. If you don't like one, you can drop one. Um, it's it's a good play to have as your second QB. So, yeah, I, I think that's enough. Feels, feel good about it, Brad? Oh, 100%. I think Matt Stafford gives you a huge ceiling for where you drafted him. You're looking at – a very high likelihood, I would say, of this guy being a top 10 quarterback by the end of the fantasy season. So you got that mixed in with Trey Lance, who I'm low on, admittedly, but this guy has a rushing floor like no other. So you look at Matt Stafford in the back half of the season, if Trey, if Trey Lance is the big question, if Trey Lance ends up being able to take that job from Jimmy Garoppolo or they trade him or Jimmy G gets hurt, now you've got some rushing upside to play in certain weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, it's a pretty solid lineup, uh, assuming you drafted well at the other positions. I can dig it. Another question or one more, one more situation here. Gallup. Let's talk Gallup real quick. He's shown flashes when CeeDee Lamb wasn't there of that wide receiver two production. Can we get three Dallas Cowboy receivers with top 24 production in 2021, Bruce? We have good potential of that. Um, Should be some volume in the offense to help propel that. What I like about Gallup is he's the guy in the offense that's going to get the air yards with deep targets. So it just matters how well him and Dak connect on those. Those are higher acuity targets, harder ones to connect with. But if he can string some games where they're connecting on those deep targets, then yeah, you're gonna hit on that. I, I like Gallup as a as a flex who can give you some splash weeks. You see these these plus matchups, and you want to throw them in for that upside type of deal. Gotcha. What about you, Brad? You've kind of always been a Gallup fan. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Is this just there's so many damn good receivers? You feel like they're funneling all the targets to Lamb and Cooper? Or are you thinking Gallup can have a big splash every once in a while? Yeah, no, I think there's definitely upside on a week-to-week basis with Michael Gallup. I don't think it's going to be consistent because I see I see Amari Cooper seeing a similar volume as what he saw last year, but I see C.D. Lamb's volume increasing. I see Ezekiel Elliott's volume increasing from what he saw in the second half of the season. And everybody wants to point to, well, Pittsburgh could do it last year. They had three wide receivers in the top 24. The big difference is they did not have a pass-catching running back, and they threw the ball 600-plus 600 600 times, which I expect mm-hmm. Dallas to do as well. They're going to throw the ball a ton. Their defense is trash. They're going to be down quite often, and I think that's where their strength is, is chucking the rock. But they have that running back between both Zeke and Tony Pollard, who's a very competent pass catcher, to take some of those targets away. 
So I don't know that he has top 24 potential just because he's going to need to hit, like like uh, Bruce said, he's going to need to hit on quite a few of those deep balls to be able mm-hmm. to give you that top 24 production with those bonuses and things like that. So I'm going to say no, he's not going to give you top 24 production at the end of the season when you look at it season long, but he is going to give you some blow-up weeks for sure. All right, let's keep it short at tight end because we're getting a bunch of listener questions in real quick. We'll hit those fast, hit tight end fast. Bruce, Dallas is tight end position. It has upside. It has opportunity. Targets could go there, but we're getting told, you know, Dalton Schultz is our starting tight end. Bruce Jarwin, they both battled injuries. Is there any hope here? Is this just a streaming tight end week to week if you get lucky? I think we just got to play it out and see how the target distribution, the snap share works. Prior to Jarwin's big injury, he was the guy. And then Schultz looked kind of good, and then now he's being called the starter. And honestly, it's kind of a mess right now when you're trying to look at it as a fantasy perspective. You also got two running backs and catch the ball in the backfield. That's not a good look for tight end production. Right. You have three really good wide receivers. Um, so it's just a team that wants to pass the ball. And yeah. when you've got Gallup, when you've got Pollard, you don't really need a Jarwin or a Schultz to do more than block. Yeah. Um, I can dig it. Um, I'm going to hit you, Bourbon Dude. Let's talk Gronk for a second. We've seen that connection with Brady. We've seen the age kind of creep up. I think last year was kind of one of those years he wasn't quite Gronk yet. Are we going to see Gronkzilla this year where we get maybe surprised with his tight end production? Uh, it's possible. I mean, he's definitely in better shape just physically, right? If you look at him now versus where he was last season, he just looks better, right? He's, he's got a little bit more weight on him. I just think he looks more like a physical specimen that he did when he was in New England. So is the possibility there? Yes. My worry for Gronk, and people may not like this, is O.J. Howard is back. O.J. Howard is very good. O.J. Howard still got 50-plus percent of snaps before he hurt himself last year. So I think if – as they, and you've already heard Tom Brady coming out saying, hey, I think O.J. Howard might have a career season this year. So now – O.J. Howard hasn't really done anything, so a career season doesn't mean a whole lot. But that does worry me just a little bit because now I wonder how much of those targets are going to get split between the two of them. But from a just physically speaking, yes, Gronkowski looks a a thousand times better than he did last year. Bruce, are we getting a Gronk touchdown on Thursday night? You know what I. I, I don't know, but I've been feeling it actually. Let's like, get the party kinda, started. You know what I'm saying? Like like when you think when you're a Cowboys fan, you think of all the worst case scenarios. You, that that's been in my head a few times this week, actually. A spike, and then we're gonna shotgun a beer right after. Dude, we just covered start since we just covered Cowboys, Bucks, y'all. We even talked some Thrive Fantasy prop up. Promo code FF Affair. We hit it all. We did the whole dang show on point and in the zone. Two questions before we get out of here. Michael Carter in redraft, Bruce. Is this a guy that you have any hope for being buried third on the depth chart? Could you see him making an impact this year for the Jets? If it were to happen, it would be later in the season. Like attrition would take place. He gets his opportunity, and then 
it happens. I don't see it happening right out of the gate. But honestly, if I had to bet on it, if I had to put some money on it, I would say no. All right, Brad, hit me with it. Michael Carter, any redraft value this year? Or is that something maybe you pick him up off of waivers week nine? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So I'm going to agree with what both of you said. I think if anything, it's going to be later in the season when Tevin Coleman hurts himself like he always does, or at least has in the last (laughs) couple years, right? I know they like Ty Johnson, and maybe he is the pass catching guy, which is what I think, but they need somebody else who's going to be the runner. And I think Michael Carter could fulfill that role because if you think back to the, to all the running backs that Kyle Shanahan and that offense, which obviously he's not the coach there, but that that offense has used, they've all been in that 200 to 205 range, right? Jermichael Michael hasty, Raheem Mostert, Tevin, you know, all those guys are right around that range, and that's right where Michael Carter is, so I think he'll fill right into that role once Tevin Coleman gets hurt. I can dig it. We have one other question. A lot of people have been speculating today. They're kind of freaking out, which is understandable. Austin Eckler, hamstring injury. Getting uh, the day off from practice, this was what? The same hamstring issue that was a problem last year, and just to put that is this all just, you know, kind of speculation? Or are you a little hesitant to roll Austin Eckler out week one versus Washington's defense, Bruce? I'm not hesitant. I, 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 my gut says he's going to play. He had like a little tweet out earlier today. I forget what he said, but from just from the look of it, it, it sounded like a guy that was going to be suiting up on Sunday. I think it's more precautionary. It's just Wednesday practice. And if he's on the field, you play him no matter what the matchup is because the way he plays, the way he gets targeted, he's almost like game script proof because if they're ahead, they're running it. If they're behind, he's catching checkdowns. And Washington's no joke when it comes to defense. But if he's getting three to five, six, seven targets, catching four or five balls, turn that into production on top of what he's rushing, that's going to help you out. Yeah, I think I think you're you need to not worry too much about Eckler's role. He's the only dog in town. I'd be starting mm-hmm. him up regardless. Guys, yeah. we hit it hard. We hit it fast. Bruce DLF Roto Baller.